0: Hey, and welcome to Dictator for a Day, day. the podcast where we'd never propose having an actual dictator. I am Dennis Dean, and I am not a dictator for a day. It's more like imagining what you'd do if you won the lottery. What would you do if you were, in fact, dictator for a day? So for those of you who have ever been run over on the interstate, the freeway, or any place around town when you're driving, uh, you're going to appreciate today's topic why driving is becoming a contact sport in a lot of cities around the country, including here in Phoenix, Arizona, where I am, which does not have a driver's ed requirement for students. So we'll talk about that. Hey, Sounder. Yeah, boss. How you doing there, buddy? Pretty good. How's your driving been lately? Haven't run over anyone yet. All right, that's good. So Arizona, where we are currently, does not have a driver's ed requirement for students. Some high schools offer driver's ed, others don't. Nationwide, only about 32 states have some kind of driver's ed requirement for students. Wow. Yeah. You'd think all 50 would, but they don't. Which is why, given the state of driving around the country, at least in a lot of cities, I would, if I was dictator dictator, for for a day, day. order everyone to take driver's ed, at least in high school. I also have another idea about driver's ed. Um, Something a little different? We'll talk about that a little later in the podcast. But back to Phoenix, where there's no driver's ed requirement. Drivers here generally drive like they've never heard of driver's education. That's because they haven't. You're right about that. Or driver's etiquette. They also drive like there's no tomorrow. The whole place is like the Mazda commercial a few years ago. Zoom, zoom. rd the ND 500. Yeah. Plus, assorted crash, bang, clatter. (laughs) Whoa. You get the idea. 95% of all drivers will tell you they're better than average drivers. Got some new math working here. Yeah, I think I'm better than average, but maybe I'm not. Here's what I know. My dad taught me to drive. Mine too. Yeah, I've seen your driving. Your dad was better. Anyway, this was long before I was in high school, where the football coach, Jerry Lemon, (laughs) what a guy, who was also the driver's ed instructor, would blend the finer points of backing a car... And being an offensive guard on the high school football team. All right, so here's how it goes: you're gonna back up this car. You're not gonna smash into anything. You in the football uniform, you're the offensive guard. It's okay for you to smash into stuff, especially people who are in uniforms with a different color. Got it? Backing up, no smashing. Going forward, boom. I think there was a reason they called this guy Lemon Coach Lemon. Yeah, he was a good guy. He was better than he make it out to sound. So before my coach. I was barely a teen when my dad had me sailing down a narrow gravel road between fields of corn in that flatlander's paradise called Central Illinois.
1: Flat? I've seen more bumps on a T-square.
0: Yeah, but when you can handle freshly graveled roads at 70 miles an hour in an old Pontiac, divided four-lane concrete interstates pose no problems. I think my dad taught me to drive early because he had a love affair with cars and driving. He earned a living teaching others to drive for a time following his army discharge after World War II. In World War II, in the army, he was an MP, a military police officer, which is an important point, which we'll bring up later on in the podcast. In my dad's personal life, he favored owning Pontiacs and Oldsmobiles. And this was interesting. He named every car he ever owned. What was that? Same name. Don't ask. That's a funny name. Yeah. Yeah. And he synchronized each newer car purchase with the completion of payments on each older car. This is how he did it. Just ask my mom. She will tell you that every car they ever owned developed mysterious symptoms of potentially terminal mechanical problems just before the final payment. Strange. Yeah, very. Nice, car. Just don't look under the hood. (coughs) You got that one. So along with the truth about parallel parking and other driving secrets, my father taught me one rule I have always remembered. Son, you gotta drive like everyone else on the road is out to get you. It was my dad's version of defensive driving and it's truer today than ever. Truth in driving, I am a displaced Wisconsinite, accustomed to driving on snow and ice. Where you go spinning off the road in Wisconsin, it's really just a hold my beer moment. Other states, people are screaming for their lives. Anyway, here in Phoenix, there is never snow and ice, and it hardly ever rains, so the pavement is almost always dry. Speed limits are considered suggestions. Average Phoenix drivers feel automatically licensed to travel at any speeds their hearts desire. So, looking at things, seems like most of their hearts are in tachycardia. If your car is moving at the upper end of the speedometer, you're barely keeping up. And that's just on city streets. Yeah, the freeway traffic looks like rats on crack. Driving here becomes a contact sport if you are not ever vigilant. And don't even think about other drivers watching out for you, unless you're driving a semi. Or something along the lines of a Cat D11T bulldozer weighs in at
1: 284,500 pounds, not including the driver.
0: Hmm. Even then, I'm not sure most Phoenix drivers would back off. Never say die. Well, that just might be a good way to die i got to tell you, backing off in the face of changing traffic lights is also unheard of in this town. The old joke, red means stop, green means go, yellow means go faster, has been codified in Phoenix. Turn signals are optional. What are they? Truth be told, I'm not certain cars sold in Phoenix actually come with turn signals. And if you see a car with a turn signal actually operating, the driver probably hit it accidentally. It's also a constant race to occupy the pole position on Phoenix streets. And the overriding strategy here is to make your move before anyone else has a chance to make theirs. Never let another vehicle move into the space you've been on.
1: Sort of do it to others before they have a chance to do it to you.
0: Yeah. Passing on the right is pretty much a standard practice. Drive in Phoenix and you'll quickly learn your blind side is a favorite side for most passing. I think they feel the need to sneak up and get past you before you move into that empty space next to you. On all Phoenix roads, pickup trucks are required to drive faster than anyone else on the road, except pickup trucks owned by landscaping companies and hauling trailers. They can go even faster. So you know what those HOV lanes are? Yeah,
1: high-occupancy vehicle. Carpools.
0: Well, here, on just about any freeway, the HOV lane looks more like a high-speed singles get-together. Hardly any of those cars have more than one person in them. Tailgating is also an all-season pastime, as popular in Phoenix as it is at uh, Lambeau Field. Of course, at Lambeau, fans sit on their tailgates or in patio chairs while grilling brats.
1: Brat and a beard be pretty good right now.
0: Not when we're driving a podcast. Well, maybe that brat over there. Yeah. hmm Thank you. Got any mustard? Mustard on a podcast? Uh, maybe not. In Phoenix. Age doesn't seem to have anything to do with anything either. Young, middle-aged, old, and really old work really hard to leave one another in the dust, change lanes without signaling, or get through the stoplight.
1: Hey, sonny!
0: Move it! Okay, mod By the way, stop signs in Phoenix, as I mentioned, are optional, and traffic lights pretty much just for decorative purposes. If you actually stop for a yellow light, you probably get rear-ended. When I first arrived in Phoenix was when I was told that the speed limits are really only suggestions. Yeah, that's the truth. I don't want to say driving at breakneck speeds is universally acceptable in Phoenix, but I did hear of a driver who was stopped for doing 20 over the limit, then ticketed for impeding the flow of traffic. (laughs) He's here all week, folks. And then... Hello, everyone. It's Reginald Road Rage, ladies and gentlemen. A man with a temper bent on curing the ills of the roadway, if he can live that long. Reggie, I see you're still alive.
1: Well, yeah. Hey, did, did, did you see that guy in the puke-green Prius? Um, no. I what I call a left-lane laggard. Gets into the left lane
0: and drives the speed limit, maybe even lower. Sounds like a capital offense. Well, I showed him. After about five miles,
1: I was really fuming. I pulled into the center lane, I spat ahead, and I gave him one of
0: these. That looks like an oversized cardboard cut out of somebody's middle finger.
1: Right, so people can see it. No, I mean business. Uh-huh. Then I whipped around him, almost mowed down a couple of little old ladies. Too bad for them. Then pulled in front of the guy in the Prius and took my foot off the gas. but <laughs> boy, did he get a
0: surprise. Reggie... Don't you think that's a little bit dangerous? I mean, someone could have gotten really hurt. Or worse. Uh,
1: not from a driver like me. I, I'm better than average. I'm 110% better. That's why I, I can I can really, really
0: show Uh Sounder, you want to show him out the door there?
1: Got it, boss. Yikes. I think he's been driven to distraction.
0: Yeah, I think he left his straitjacket. <clears throat> On a more serious note, a lot of people I've spoken to seem to think the lack of driver's education requirements may have something to do with how people drive here. Maybe, maybe not. But if that's true, they grow up not knowing. You'd think common courtesy and common sense might enter the picture, but that doesn't seem to happen either. There's a company out there called Smart Asset. (laughs) I like that name. Smart Asset ranks Arizona ninth on the list of the nation's worst drivers. As based on Arizona having the ninth most fatalities per vehicle miles driven. Who's worse than Arizona? Well, eight other states. According to Smart Asset, Mississippi is the worst, followed by Tennessee, California, South Carolina, Arkansas, Missouri, Nevada, and Kentucky, and then Arizona. All based on driving data like fatalities, arrests for driving under the influence, that sort of stuff. Of course, Phoenix isn't the only city with a bad rap. Lots of cities have that reputation. Chicago, Boston, Los Angeles, New Jersey, the whole state. The bigger the city, it seems the faster people go. I've done a lot of driving in both Wisconsin and Chicago, and the moment you cross from Wisconsin into Illinois and Metro Chicago, speeds jump 10 to 20 miles an hour. You cross the border, boom, just like that you're in Illinois, you got to hit the gas or get run over. I mean, you can see the traffic surge toward Chicago.
1: Maybe Wisconsin drivers are just too slow.
0: Well, Illinois drivers certainly think so.
1: Get out of the way,
0: you cheesehead! Hey, buddy, the bears still suck! You want to roll up the window there, Sounder? Got it. Thanks. So here's my idea if I was dictator for a day, or that you might want to consider if you get to be dictator for a day. Require driver's ed for everyone. And have police officers conduct the course. Give the driving instructions active or retired police officers who've seen what can happen when drivers don't drive safely. This is not a new idea. There are private driving instructor schools where active and retired law enforcement professionals teach the driving. I think it could have a lot of advantages.
1: Yeah, cops could earn some extra dough. They don't make that much.
0: No, they don't. But here's what I'm really thinking. Police officers have a deeper understanding of the law and have to know it inside and out to enforce it. And gives them a different perspective on the law and the reasons for the laws. For example, why you really have to come to a full stop so that you can look both ways and find out if there's some clown doing 90 miles an hour who's about to team If you just roll through the stop sign, boom! Yeah. They can also bring real-life stories from their own personal experiences as police officers. Personal stories, first-hand accounts, are always more effective teaching tools. And there's something else. Yeah? I'm getting there. Interaction. Cops and students learn more about each other. They understand each other better. It's not easy being a high school student. It's certainly not easy being a police officer, especially these days. Good point. I thought so. It's like my dad said, Son, you gotta drive like everyone out there is out to get you. Except the police. They really want to keep you safe. But listen, we got to go. For more of these podcasts and our written column, please subscribe to dictatorforaday.substack.com. That's dictatorforaday.substack.com. And tell your friends. Tip, the podcasts are more fun. I am Dennis Dean, and I am not a dictator for a day. Hmm, where'd my field cap and cigar go? Dictator for a Day is sponsored in part by StoryVisionVideo.com. Copyright 2022, Dennis W. Dean. That's me, all rights, but please feel free to spread the word. And thanks for listening.